You're listening to the Ghost Goal Podcast. Gerard with space. Tick towards Barosh. He's been ticked through it. The goalkeeper made contact. Luis Garcia was in front of the line. Gallas hooked it away. Week five in the Premier League got off to a bright start Saturday morning. I was a champion of the morning as Liverpool won 2-1 over Spurs at Wembley. The Reds made it five wins in five games. Chelsea also made it 5-5 five and five with a 4-1 victory over Cardiff. A match which saw Eden Hazard score a hat-trick. Arsenal went to Newcastle and picked up a 2-1 victory. Newcastle still have no wins in the Premier League this year. Manchester City won 3-0 over Fulham as they also remain unbeaten in the Premier League. And Manchester United ended Watford's undefeated start of the season as the Red Devils donning their pink kits one two one welcome to the ghost gold pod as always i'm andrew passaro in here with javier and alex full full team together again it's been a little while just andrew's andrew's absence yeah it's been andrew's fault it has it has it's been daunting a week it's not been a long time it's been a week yeah it hasn't been that long. well i mean it's two episodes i like this new format that we're doing we're keeping things upbeat doing things a little bit differently which i'm a big big fan of um but yeah i i do apologize for having other commitments getting in the way i promise i'm still thinking about all of you at a at a regular time and i still listen to the pod when when i'm not participating in it so uh it is good to be back um we will talk about manchester city's pink kits i have i have no, man united's pink, pink kits yes also yes. are they pink or are they peach or will we get to I, that later we're gonna get to that later right, we're the gonna important address, questions i'm just some teasing question yes you know, you know. At the end of the day, what we really like to talk about on this podcast is not actually soccer, but it's really FIFA and the way kids look. That's no, basically that's that's not really, entirely true. <laughs> it's 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 yeah, it's pretty accurate. So let's get let's get right to the to the thick of it. Uh, the biggest game of the weekend coming into uh, coming in was uh, Liverpool versus Tottenham. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Biggest game of the weekend. Okay, first I'll of all, Arsenal <laughs> Arsenal even in the top I'll half of the table. It. I'll allow it. Like, come on. All right, like, relax here. Uh, Liverpool Spurs is obviously the banner game of the weekend. Supposed to be played. Supposed to be Spurs' big opening of the new stadium against Liverpool. Bold move there. Uh, luckily for them, they did not open it at at this weekend, and they played Liverpool two one defeat. Nervy for the last ten minutes, uh, but a solid solid performance from my Reds. Very impressed. Wijnaldum and Firmino getting on the score sheet for us. Lamella scoring in the dying moments of the match. Uh, this was honestly. I want to say Liverpool should have won by a lot more because they should have, but I think they always would have won more over this Spurs squad. This was not Spurs' best 11 by any means. Trippier missed out. Uh, they had no Deli Alley, who's been a thorn in our side for a long time. Um, I look at this lineup, and I really am not surprised with a Liverpool victory. This was not the best Spurs lineup to be out there, and Liverpool capital did well to capitalize on some of the mistakes that Spurs made, and they didn't capitalize on nearly half of them. Uh, but still, all in all, another solid performance about Liverpool. Uh, I'll go to Javier because I feel like he's finding at the bit, fe- like feasting 
to, chomping to at the bit. In, yes, chomping, <laughs> chomping at the bit. to talk about this. Yes, yeah, I, I mean, feel like I, you have I, something I agree to say. with you. I thought that Liverpool should have won by more. It, like you guys almost threw the game away with that, which I didn't realize was a pretty clear penalty. I feel like if there had been VAR, they definitely would have called that that last second uh, Mane kick on Desan. But uh, yeah, you guys almost threw the game away. But you had, I mean, Salah had two or three really good chances. Mane, Keita had that one chance that Mane rolled to him. And he just hit it straight at the keeper. I thought that was going to be his first goal. Um, but, yeah, you guys definitely should have scored more goals. And, and like you said, Liverpool, or Spurs were not, not not at it this game. Once Son came on, which I thought I thought it took Pochettino a little bit too long to bring him on. He should have brought him on like 20 minutes earlier. Like they looked like they were out of uh, ideas really early. In, like even in the first half, like you guys were pretty much dominating the whole time until they brought Son on. And then it kind of became nervy at the end. But Kane wasn't at it either. And I think maybe all those... All those pundits and everyone talking about him being tired, like, you know, it's definitely possible. I mean, the guy usually gets injured once a season, and, like, you know, that's bound to happen at some point this season, and I'm sure he's trying to take care of himself so that it doesn't happen. And maybe that p- means putting a little bit less effort in some of these games. Um, I, don't, I don't really I don't buy that, about that, I don't Alex. really buy the, uh, the whole everyone's tired thing. Like, yeah, they a lot of their players went deep into the World Cup. But a lot of other teams' players went deep into the World Cup too, and you don't like Eden Hazard doesn't have like a World Cup hangover. He's like looking as good as he's ever looked. So I don't really buy that. I think they just sort of set themselves up terribly to compete with Liverpool, where like they had the four uh, central midfielders in Dembele, Dyer, Harry Winks, and Christian Eriksen, and they pretty much relied on Trippier and uh, Danny Rose to provide like all of the width. And as they were like getting forward and basically staying forward. It just left it left so many spaces in behind for Vertonghen and uh, Alderweireld to have to deal with Liverpool's front three, which obviously doesn't take a genius to figure out that three versus two, countless times on the break with hardly any support, it's it's not really going to work out for you. Meanwhile, those in three too, by the way. Yeah, so Firmino, Salah, and Mane didn't track back at all. They just stayed forward the entire time, and so that left a ton of work for Wijnaldum, Milner, and uh, Keita to do in midfield. And they did a really good job of like covering the spaces when Liverpool's fullbacks would try to get forward, and it was just a terrible like approach to the game from Pochettino, which is like I, I think he has to take the full brunt of the of the blame for this one because if he had started even if like Lamella, Lamella and Mora up front would have been enough enough width to allow Trippier and Danny Rose to sort of stay back and do at least like a bit of defending. It, it was yeah, it was a terrible approach. Tottenham thoroughly deserved to lose for sure. I was a little disappointed that Salah did not get on the score sheet. There were some rumblings from the Tottenham side of Twitter that he he's a one-season wonder, which I, I find hard to believe the dude hit double-digit goals the last two years. Obviously, a 44 last season, but I still think he's going to be fine. The biggest concern I have walking out of this game is Roberto Firmino, who took a finger to the eye. Uh, yeah, that was from- gruesome. The screenshots are nasty. Like, like, straight disgusting. He's uh, not playing he, tomorrow, right, from the Champions he, League? Did not practice today. There's no There's, way he should play. Tomorrow. I don't think he's going to play. They don't have Marco Verratti playing tomorrow for, against PSG. So I feel like well, there's a couple things Klopp could do. And I think the something that kind of they did for about 10 minutes when when uh, when Bobby first came off, you saw Naby Keita kind of slide into that false nine role. And the, yeah. idea of, the idea of doing that to PSG tomorrow... Oh man, that has me excited. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, and big news for Spurs. If you are listening to this on Champions League match day, uh, Alder Vireld and Trippier did not travel with the squad, so they will not be playing in their first Champions League. That's game. a f- tough first game against Inter Milan, too. 
And those are two big pieces. Uh, other game, let's go to jump down. Let's jump down the slate here. Other games in the 10 o'clock before we get to the games we're going to talk about. Bournemouth getting a 4-2 victory over Leicester and Huddersfield falling 1-0 to Crystal Palace. We'll jump over to Chelsea, who took over Liverpool's spot at top of the table. What up? 4-1 victory over Cardiff. Uh, Sol Bamba with a goal in the 16th and then Hazard penalty in the 37th, 44th, and a penalty in the 80th. And William getting the goal that put them into first place in the 83rd minute. Alex, how'd you feel about the blues on Sunday on Saturday? You can ask Javier. I watched the, uh, we watched the games together. We had the Arsenal Newcastle game up on my laptop for him. Cause that wasn't on TV. And then obviously Chelsea on TV. And even when we went down one nil, I never really sort of deviated from what I said on the preview pod, which is like, we're absolutely scoring four goals on these guys. Like I like never wavered from that. And I felt, I felt like Chelsea backed me up. Because immediately after, we did concede that one sole Bamba goal off the set piece. Kovacic immediately got on the ball, powered a shot to the bottom left corner that uh, Etheridge kept out. And then he got on the ball again and got 1v1 with Etheridge and got saved again. But th- those were like immediately after the goal. Two minutes had gone by and we had two solid chances. And I just thought to myself, like, there's going to be a point in this game where like our quality just takes over. And... Luckily, luckily enough, the combination of Giroud and Hazard, which we saw worked pretty well last season, uh, sparked their relationship again. And Giroud had two assists for Hazard's first two amazing goals. Uh, and we didn't pull away as quickly as I would have wanted us to. I don't, I don't think the third goal, goal came until like the 81st or 82nd minute uh, when William won that penalty. But then after that, like, you know, I was just I was just, I was just happy we got to the four goals that I predicted. Olivier Giroud, should he be the starting striker for Chelsea? I mean, absolutely. 70% of the time. Yeah, probably. I mean, if we're going to be playing in games, maybe against the likes of Liverpool and teams that are going to be a bit more open with us, we might want the pace to get in behind those teams. But then again, I don't know if I would trust someone like Alvaro Morata to, to play 1v1 with Virgil van Dijk. He would get thrown around the penalty box and would hardly get a touch of the ball. So Giroud's earned the spot so far. Uh, you don't necessarily have to score goals, as he's shown in the uh, in the World Cup. Obviously, winning that with plenty of quality around him, and he's uh, it's looking like he's mixing well with the quality that Chelsea has. Maybe we can keep this going and uh, win something this season. How are you feeling about the back line right now? I gotta ask because I know they that that first goal was not necessarily a traditional Chelsea goal to concede. You feeling confident yet, or are you still worried about? We've that conceded release? plenty of those goals. Our defense. Uh, even when we played defensively, if we if we got like too if we got sucked too far forward, we were like pretty exposed at the back at times, especially playing with two. So even with Rudiger, who I still think is probably one of the be- better center backs in the league, uh, and then David Luiz next to him. David Luiz obviously has a mistake or two in him, which I'm not super confident about. But then again, he probably fits the role of. Uh, a defender that's uh, willing and able to pass the ball like vertically way more than someone like Christensen would. So for now, I think he's the right, he's the right option. Uh, It's up actually, it's up to the midfield and forward lines to become better at pressing and and, and limiting the space further up the field to keep uh, teams from getting at us directly. So that's, that's where I need, I think we need to improve. Not so much at the back line. Javier, any thoughts on the uh, Chelsea game? Yeah, I actually wanted to mention from the Cardiff side, I thought that Cardiff were a little bit better than what everyone was giving them credit for. I'm kind of mad that I didn't go with my gut of saying 3-1 and like, you know, giving giving Cardiff that goal that they got because uh, they were definitely good for it. Um, like like Alex said, they kept the game close for till like the 80th minute, um, you know, a one goal game and they've gotten the lead. Sol Bamba for me 
has looked the pick of the bunch of uh, the Cardiff players. He kind of reminds me of what when I would see Harry Maguire play on Hull. Like he just looked like he was, you know, he's a good physical. He's the busiest. Uh, like a good defending and attacking and like he looks like he could be on a better team. I still think the Cardiff are going to go down, but um, I think a player like Sol Bamba could get a move to, to a bigger team uh, next season if he keeps this up throughout the year. Etheridge too. Uh, he was excellent. Etheridge too. Etheridge too. Both of them are, are the two standouts for me so far from, from Cardiff that I really like. All right, we'll jump over to the Arsenal game. Arsenal taking on uh, Newcastle United, getting a 2-1 victory in uh, in the northeastern part of England goals from Granite Jaka, a nice curler from the free kick. Really, really solid goal. Probably one of the better ones of the weekend. If we if we were to put together a top five goals of the Premier League weekend, that one's absolutely going to be up there. Uh, and then the other one coming from Mesut Ozil and Kieran Clark getting uh, a consolation prize in stoppage time. Uh, Javier, I want I want to talk to you about a certain part of the Arsenal midfield. But I want I want your initial thoughts. How how did this game make you feel on the inside? I thought we were going to win three one, and it was pretty pretty close to that. Um, definitely think we could have scored a couple more goals. But I think in the first half, like for the run of play, I think Newcastle were maybe a slightly better team. Um, in the first half, like I was I was pretty pissed at the end of the first half because I thought like we didn't create much, um, and I thought they were the better team. Like they controlled um, the game at home. But I'm glad that we have a manager that I was unhappy that, you know, Torreira wasn't starting. But at the same time, I was happy that at halftime, you know, he was will- he's willing to make the change, took Wenduzi off, put Torreira on. And it seemed as-, as soon as the second half started, I mean, you could tell that the game was completely different. Torreira got the ball. As soon as he got the ball, he like picked up his head, played a ball in between the lines forward. Um, that ball like ricocheted back. He picked up the ball again, played another ball in between the lines forward. Uh, our, I think uh, Bamiang got onto it. They foul Bamiang. Shaka scores off the free kick. Um, it was like it was so refreshing to have him on the field and to have that like kind of like what Ingolo uh, Kante and what you know Santi Cazorla would do for us in the past is you know he's really good at transitioning the ball from from the defenders to the to the to the forward line and he's you know and and he looks to get forward while also shielding the back line and and you know being cutting out interceptions so it's it's awesome to have a player like that i really hope to see him starting soon um and i actually thought grant Xhaka once torero was on the field i mean he scored a goal but he also just played way better in the second half this was also ozil's best game of the season which is good. Like we need this guy scoring goals and getting assists if we're going to be doing anything, especially against these smaller teams, so-called smaller teams, but teams in the in the in the bottom half of the table. We need players like Ozil to show up. You know, he didn't show up in that Cardiff game last week, and he got in the starting lineup again. And and I mean, he, he showed up this week, so I'm assuming he's going to be starting again next week. But I think Mkhitaryan's on his heels, and that's good that he has competition. I think I think we're going to go on a run here. I think we have our next four out of five games are at home. And we've got. I mean, you're on a run right now. Three games. Yeah, in a row, I mean, we're, we're on a three-game a winning streak, but I think we're going to win the next, you know, four or five games. But I'm not going to put that much into it because, like, I think that I expected this. Like, this to me is the bare minimum of like what a team like Arsenal with their resources should be able to do. So I'm I'm looking for the improvement in the bigger games, and you know, I'm not going to be judging. But I think that we're we're now. A little bit better off than we were last year, where like you didn't know if we were going to be beating these teams. You know. Do you know when your next big game is? Uh, I believe we play Liverpool in mid October. I believe. 
Yeah, that's a big game. <laughs> I'd say that qualifies. Yeah, I think that's our next like bit, but we have like a good like three weeks. You guys just have to get yourself just, like, like primed and ready for that. Right, exactly. That's I've what, got Arsenal you know, that's schedule. Like, I've got Arsenal schedule in front of me. You've got a Europa okay. League game against Forsolka on Thursday. You take on Everton on Sunday. Brentford in the third round of the League Cup. Watford on the 29th. That's going to be a decent game. Carabag, Fulham, Leicester, Sporting, Palace, and then the first weekend in November, Arsenal November. takes okay, on wow. Liverpool. Uh, Javier, you said that's an easy run of games, but like the Premier League ones there, those I don't think that's easy. Home Everton, home Watford. Like I expect us to pretty easily win those. But away full. Home I expect Everton, us to maybe win. not home Watford. Home Leicester, I expect us to win. We beat all these teams pretty easily at the Emirates. Like I, I, I think you're. I don't think really you guys are giving us enough credit that you guys aren't going to slip up in at least like one or two of those games. I, I'm, I'm I, really I don't think, don't think you use the word easily. Just listen. I just think that that that. Emery being the tactician he is and the way he studies teams and breaks every single team, all the players down, I think that it gives us a big advantage, especially against these small teams who use, you know, small tactical uh, you know, set pieces and things like that to try and beat bigger teams and get get wins against them, especially away from home. Like I just I, I see I, I think the Emirates is going to be a, a like a fortress this season, but and of course the yeah. smaller teams aren't doing tactical breakdowns of their opponents. It's just Arsenal. It's just Emery. I just think that it's, Arsenal it's didn't do that Emery. before. He's just better yeah. at it. Yeah. It's just a Maybe. yeah, and he's just and we just didn't do it before. Arsenal just did not do that under Wenger. Does Unai so. Emery have a home, or does he just live in the video room at the Emirates? No, literally, I, I I'm pretty sure he doesn't go home. Like the guy's a freaking workaholic. Also, so. like, does he have a daughter that's dating Guendouzi or is the daughter dating Torreira? Because what's going on? Because he's got a, he hasn't made up his mind on either of those guys yet. And he needs to like, you can't, you can't keep having these perform. Like, okay, fine. A team like Newcastle may not punish you in the first half, but a lot of other teams in the Premier League will like, you got to figure it out. I actually thought this was one of the better performances from Socrates. Uh, maybe, I think this was actually his best game of the season too. I think him and Mustafi are developing a little bit better of a partnership, but they've really got to shore up those errors. There was a couple like slips and like just <laughs> yeah. bad positioning errors. The Mustafi that just, slip was awful. Yeah, it just they seem to happen like every game, and it just makes you just like gouge your eyes out and think, man, maybe we just need to still go out and buy another center back, which we definitely do. But I think they're slowly improving, um, and I think it's just you know, slow build up for Arsenal here. I'm I'm optimistic in the future right now. All right, guys. All right, let's- that's the sound of the second beer of the show being opened. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Let's jump over to Manchester City, who got a 3-0 victim of a 3-0 victory over Fulham. Uh, you talked about slow starts. This one did not get off to a slow start. Leroy Sané, who hasn't been featuring regularly for City this weekend, has opened up the scoring in the second minute. David Silva in the 21st. And Raheem Sterling finishes it all off early on in the second half. Who wants who wants to go in on this one? Javier, go for it. I'll, I'll start with this one. Um, I actually, when like right before the game started, I was literally like after like over the international break, people, you know, a lot of the media was saying of oh, Leroy Sané, like, look at this guy. He's leaving the Germany camp. You know, this guy, it, there was a lot of criticism about him, especially after the summer and, and kind of his start to the season where he's been initially you know, mostly but left then out. They found out that it, he left because it was the birth of his daughter. Yes. And I think that that's, I wanted to point out that that's just like, some of like the biased media reporting around 
you know, a lot of these players and how they're just trying to sell stories to just create negative narratives around a lot of the players. And I thought to myself, when especially a player like like a, if you're a really good player and something like that happens, you're going to turn around and like score in the next week and like want to start and like shut everybody up. And so like I turned to Alex as soon as I saw City went up one nil, and I was like, I bet it was Leroy Sané. And like two minutes in, Leroy Sané scored. And like I'm glad he answered his critics and like played well and and. And like showed everyone like he was a deserving uh, young player of the year last year, and like this guy's still going to be a world class talent. Like, you know, don't get me wrong, like this guy's not going anywhere, and and he's still amazing. So, I mean, I thought this was a very easy game for City, and and Fulham, I thought were going to be better than they were. I was very disappointed with Fulham. Didn't didn't really expect the clean sheet, but yeah, that's it. Looks like City. So you're pretty on. They're going to be pretty unstoppable, and they get. I think they're they're slowly improving. Like without De Bruyne. It's. It seems like they're they're getting they're still same old city, right? Like it doesn't even seem like they missed. I mean, a they don't lack in midfield creativity. Like even like Fernandinho played like out of his mind this this weekend. And then like Fabian Delph was probably like one of the two or three best yeah, players he played on the field. Super well too, yeah. And then like Bernardo Silva, there were a few clips of him from that game where he's just sort of like shimmying away from players in midfield. And like granted, Fulham's midfield that they started of like Sari, Kevin McDonald, and Stefan Johansson, it wasn't like. That it wasn't really a match for them, obviously, but you, you, right. you thought those players would be able to do enough to get the ball to the forwards in Mitrovic and Vieto and Sherla in like dangerous positions, and they didn't quite do enough. And City's control of the game is just it's it's as good as it was without uh, Kevin De Bruyne. So it's frightening. It's frightening. Yeah, it's uh, uh, friend of the pod Nico Morales had a tweet exactly about this. He goes, "This midfield is he exactly saying what you guys just said that." Bernardo Silva is picking up all the slack that Kevin De Bruyne would have had to deal with, and it, that's the thing. Like, that's why that's why I've been on this this tangent over the last basically uh, since two transfer windows ago for for Man City. You look at all the players that they brought in, and I'm like, this isn't fine. Yes, this team has to win the Premier League, but this team has to compete in Europe. Like, going out again in the round of 16 is not does not justify all this spending. I understand Alex is shaking his head over Andrew, there. Andrew, just don't you, say that again until we get to that point of Europe. Because, I mean, like, even if they do well in the group, which you anticipate that they would, we can't just keep saying, like, they have to do it in Europe. Like, we have to give them the chance yeah, to do I, it again. I also, I also feel like they have a little bit of breathing room after they shattered all those records in the way that they won the Premier League last year. I mean, they're probably the greatest Premier League, like, team ever, so... It's it's they're arguably the best team to have ever played in the Premier League and best season had the best season of any team. So I think you really have to give that give them a little bit of breathing. They're still a super young team. Like I don't think they have to win the Champions League this year. I no, think, I think they they're looking saying at they, need, they have to progress. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I agree. That's, I, agree. That's I think they, they like, can't just they can't just like go out you know five one to Liverpool like they did like that like that was you know. That, it's that, about that was taking miserable. the next step. It's not about like it's, and that's the thing. Like when you go and sign Riyad Mahrez for sixty million, like that's trying to take the next step, and that's what I'm saying. Like they're trying to be like a Bayern, where they have like just un. I mean, they are. I mean, they had Jesus. I think they're better. Mahrez and like you know company on the bench, just unbelievable players that didn't need to play, and you know Pep's got it all at his disposal. Uh, I agree look, with you that they got they really got to improve, but. Just yeah, give it a little time. Let's uh, let's jump. It. Let's jump to a team that is nowhere near the level of Bayern Munich, and definitely not at the level of Manchester City. And that's Manchester United, who got a two-one victory against Watford in a game that 
Let's let's be real here. We talk about it every year. David De Gea saving this team points, and near the end of this game, David De Gea saved this team points. Oh yeah, big a two-one victory, a goal from Romelu Lukaku, who kind of like like bodied the ball into the net. It was a legal goal. There was no hands. It was just not like when you think Romelu Lukaku goal, this isn't the necessarily the Lukaku goal you would think of. And the other one would be from Chris Smalling, who had a really nice goal off a corner kick. Uh, and Andre Gray in the 65th minute made the game nervy and Matic picking up a second yellow card and a red card in stoppage time. So meaning he's going to miss a game for United. Um, let's go to Alex. How did you feel about this performance from the Red Devils who wore pink? It's definitely peach. It's not pink. Like it's absolutely pink. It it's is too. It's a lighter too shade light of pink. to be pink. It, it, it's not. It's not like it's not orange enough to be peach. I'm telling. It's like it is. You know, like when I you mean, go to the peach beach isn't the, orange. <laughs> it's just a okay. Very, there's a little bit. Just of, like, there's a little bit of orange. How about, how about salmon? Let's settle on salmon. <laughs> I would be willing to negotiate to consider <laughs> terms of calling it salmon. It's not. It's pink. It's like baby pink. It's like baby girl pink. Yeah, like when you're watching from the regular like TV view camera, if it kind of looks like they're just playing in white. Which at that point, why wouldn't you just have them play in white? Um, but I mean, yeah. that's the joke that's been all over Twitter. It's it looks like Manchester United washed white kits with one red shirt in there by mistake, or like what, like red socks or something. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move on from that astounding discussion of colors to the actual game. I guess that was some. Fascinating insight, you guys. Really good radio, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I really enjoyed Solid that Solid radio. All right, I'll start it off. I, I thought actually United, like, like we said, they took care of business here. They definitely should have scored more goals in the first half. They, con- I thought they controlled the game pretty well during the first half, and they, it, you know, it, it, it really looked like they turned the corner. In the second half, it was a little bit more of the old United where they – just kind of rested on their laurels and were like, all right, you know, we got this 2-1 lead and Mourinho did his Mourinho and shot up shop and it almost cost them in the end. Like they, like you said, De Gea saved them and, and you just feel like they're, United are going to struggle this year because because of the way that they play games, you know, and like they're, they're definitely still, a, you know, a very good side and have excellent players, but it seems just tactically there's there's something a little bit off, like... I think they're a bit too conservative at times. Like when, like you said, when they're up at two nil, they don't seem as hell bent on getting that to three nil or four nil, which is the sign of a like a really good side of a side that's like wants to challenge for trophies. That's usually how you know if they have that little bit of extra motivation in them to put goals past opponents. That frankly, like Watford are good and they have had a great start to the season, but United should be beating Tottenham or Watford away. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I do worry a bit for United. Uh, I, Fellaini's worked well in these last two games playing in midfield, uh, but that was against Burnley and Watford, who I think you kind of need a bit more of a, a physical presence against. So uh, playing the likes of Pogba, Fellaini, Matic altogether, I, I think it's it's more useful to have those three in these kinds of games. But I, I, I worry about like obviously the better teams that they come up against, like the the pace and energy of like Liverpool's midfield. I mean, we saw what Tottenham's midfield was able to do to them. It's uh, it, it's a bit of a worry, but I'm sure Mourinho's just happy to have sort of righted the ship. Is anybody worried about Alexis Sanchez, who has only two goals in 18 Premier League games this season? 
Yeah, I mean, I I was talking with Alex about it during the game. It's, he just looks he just looks really like a shadow of himself, like he was at Arsenal. I don't know if we ruined him or if we broke him or something. No, you said it. I thought they're not the, everything's not flowing through him like it was at Arsenal. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I was I, I was going to get there. I was thinking like I, I was trying to think of reasons like why he's not playing the way he did. Um, and I mean, the the best that I ever saw him play, he was amazing on Udinese. Um, when he was younger, because everything went through him on the, on that team, and then when he went to Barcelona, he, he didn't look as good because again everything didn't go through him. Um, you know, Messi was the man, and then he came to Arsenal and we started playing everything through him again. So it, it I think we looked better because he was our main goal scorer, he was the creator, and he he was the he was responsible for everything. It feels like at United they just do, they don't trust him. Like the rest of the team, he just kind of like came on this team and he's probably been like, all right, like I can do this guys. Like I can do the same stuff I did on Arsenal and people like Pogba and Lukaku and some of these other guys are probably like, nah, man, like this is our team. Like, you know, we love to have you, but you're not going to be the guy. Um, he always wants to be the guy and he always is very unhappy when he's brought, taken off the pitch and Marino seems to have no problem taking him off. So like, I I don't know if things are going to work out for him there in the end. I I thought this was going to be the season where he like refocused and, you know, became a boss and, you know, even maybe one one player of, player of the year or something, but it, it doesn't look like he's in it. Um, it looks like he's not happy and he's not enjoying himself. I don't know if it's the system. I don't know if it's the players around him. I don't know if it's the coach, but I agree with you. I'm definitely worried about him. He just hasn't looked happy. I can keep. I can think of a couple million reasons why he will probably figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah, three hundred fifty thousand pounds a week might make you figure it out. Yeah, tell that to Mesodozio. <laughs> Mesodozo is not making 350k. He's making a lot, but he's not making. I think I, I Alexis Sanchez is the highest paid player in the Premier League. Uh, Javier, yeah, don't look like at the second. Javier, don't oh, look at me the like second that. Second highest paid like player. Yeah. Why would you give him 300k a week? I have no idea. <laughs> what are they? That's smoking? why we're firing Gazidis. That's why we're telling him to leave. We're like, what did you do? <laughs> to quote, you're to quote, taking the blame for this contract. Go to AC Milan, you loser. To quote the Liverpool owner and boss of a human, John W. Henry. What do you God, think they're smoking over there at the Emirates? <laughs> right. God, you guys. See, what if we had signed Salah, Mane, Keita? Dude, you would have figured it out. Oh, we would be amazing. <laughs> what if we had signed Lionel Messi? What if we had signed Mbappe when he was 16? I'm just like, I'm so like. What if we had signed Cristiano Ronaldo when when Wenger knew about him before everybody else? It's so unfair that Liverpool was complete shit like three or four years ago and Arsenal was like in a pretty good place. And like now our places are like reversed. Like suddenly they're like gods and we're shit. And it's like, really? Life comes at you fast. What? (sighs) I mean, it was was a matter of time, but you, you guys need to win the league before we start, before we ever... You know, praised Liverpool a significant amount. None of this no trophy bullshit. I will say oh, it's oh. very important that uh, both Liverpool and Chelsea win this weekend, so that uh, we can have the undefeated matchup between our goal goal bowl. That would be yeah, that would be great. Back to back goal goal undefeated. <laughs> what if you guys just draw twice and you're like, what? Nothing <laughs> happened. <laughs> like you know. Um, uh, Sunday's uh, so that wraps up all Saturday. Sunday's uh, matches we saw Wolves get a one nil victory over Burnley. Burnley only one point so far in the season, not looking good early for them. Uh, Everton one, West Ham three. Yarmolenko finally kind of coming through for West Ham, 
and then today, Southampton 2, Brighton 2. Danny Yang's getting his third goal in five games for the Saints, so uh, happy for him. Uh, Before we wrap up today, I want to pose to you, and I will put my own team out there, which team positively or negatively is surprising you so far in the Premier League, outside of, obviously, the teams that we've kind of featured today on today's episode? I think it has to be uh, Watford so far. I mean, it's between Watford and Bournemouth. Those two are the two surprising ones. But I'll, I'll say Watford. I just I just didn't think Javi Gracia would be able to make them as solid defensively as they have been so far. And that Tottenham win, obviously the United result is a slight slip up. But I think they're definitely still capable of having solid performances against top teams, especially at home. Yeah, for me, it's Bournemouth. I thought they were going to be really bad this year, but they've surprised me again uh, coming out, playing well to start the season. I think they have 10 points in the first five games, so it's a great start for them. And and, uh, negatively, definitely surprised uh, with Burnley and West Ham. Southampton a little bit better than I thought, but um, it's good that West Ham got that first win this weekend because that jumped them from like the bottom of the table to like 15th. So they don't look like they're nearly in as much trouble as they did when everyone was just freaking out when they had zero points. Uh, and now it looks like Burnley are in trouble because they have one point. Um, and they should definitely be doing a lot better than they, you know, considering they they were in Europa League this season. So yeah, Bournemouth or, definitely worry for them. Yeah, Burnley is the team that I would say I'm the most concerned about. Just a team that has so much experience and just they haven't really truly started their Europa uh, campaign and they're walking in with one point so far. So how they turn it around is going to be a, uh, it's a big one. I would agree with you both of you. Watford has been the team that surprised me. Uh, so that wraps up another episode for us here. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Andrew Pissarro at ASMOS 92 and at Javier Rev. Uh, nine. nine Javier Rev nine. There we go. Got there it. it is. Yeah, I got it. Is. Uh, like review on iTunes. Uh, if you guys leave a funny review, I will read it on the air. I promise you that. And, uh, before I wrap things up, shout out to my man's genie. Why now them scoring his first league premier league game ever after, uh, he's, he can add to the stadiums he scored in, in the premier league to Newcastle Anfield, and Wembley stadium. So, uh, hats off to him. Who's going to be the first Arsenal player to score a second goal of the season? We have nine different scorers right now. Who's it going to be? See, call it. My Lock money would have been earlier in the year on Aubameyang because Alex right. sold me on him winning the golden boot so well in our preview pods. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, that's not good. We all, well, we so all butchered that I'm one. going Aaron yeah. Ramsey. I'm saying Aaron Ramsey. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Aubameyang. Yeah, I'm going to say, go say Lacazette. I like that one too. But and hey, I got my West Ham and Leicester picks kind of right. So. I can, I can oh, yeah. Sleep at night. I think I won this week, didn't I? Three, uh, yes. Three, you two, announce. made from zero points to three. Yes, in our pickums. Big time right now. Three, Javier three week was, winning streak. Javier was down. He was at zero points through the first three weeks, I want to say. And since then, he's gotten three points. He leads three uh, with three, and Andrew and I, we have two points. I'm in a bit of a rut. I need to pick it back up again. I defeated the morning this weekend. I, I but I am now the on the top points. of the three of us in fantasy. Ah, you, no, you're not. I'm actually above no, you. No, you're not. There's no. Yes, way I am. Check me. the table. I just checked the There's table no right way before the show. Above me. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. For all of us here at the Ghost Gold Pod. Until next week. See you.